You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks. Welcome in to another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Jack Wright, Brennan Chagru. Now, this is kind of crazy. Patrick Sheldon and Logan Bradley could not make it, but we made a call up to the AAA, and we got ourselves an absolute stud, and we are stoked to have him on. Mike Oosterwick, a good friend of the podcast uh, from Melbourne, Australia, Ozzy, and we're just going to call him Ozzy, uh, is in helping us out. Ozzy, thank you so much for stepping in uh, and, and picking up the slack, buddy. Thanks, Ryan. G'day, guys. Great to be here today. Um, congratulations on everything that you've achieved in the podcast so far. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to talking some bears with you all. All right, let's do it. All right, so if you want to hear Ozzy, if you want to find Ozzy, rather, on Twitter, you can head him at a bear down under. Jack Wright, you can hit him at bear down Jack. Brendan Chagru, you can read him on Bears Wire, or you can find him at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Patrick Sheldon, even though he's not here, that's P underscore Shells. And Logan, also not here tonight, that is at bear down Bradley. Folks, we couldn't be here without the amazing support of Jeff Cadwallader. Are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? There's really only one person that you should be talking to. That's Jeff Cadwallader with At Properties. Jeff is making it happen for his buyers. He's using proving tactics to help his buyers get the contracts. It's not about paying the highest price either. Contact Jeff today to learn more. You can visit GenevaJeff.com or give Jeff a call or a text message at 630-254-4734. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. Listeners, you cannot see it, but Ozzy has a fresh cut. He looks like if you were in the States, you would have sworn he went to Will at Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 68 years you heard me 68 years they have six barbers and they're open six days a week monday through saturday they have appointments available to book online or by the phone at your convenience you can go to sheridansbarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book your appointment today sheridan's barbershop where traditional meets modern all right so folks before we get into talking bears, just talking about anything, Uvalde, Texas. It has been very much on all of our minds. You know, of the regular five of us, three of us are dads. And, you know, all of us have been impacted in some way, shape, or form by the just absolute and utter tragedy that that, that took place this past week. And we made a very conscious decision on this podcast to not talk politics. And so we're not going to talk about the politics. We're simply just going to talk about how this has kind of impacted us as, as human beings, because 
it, it's hit every single one of us in, in a very different way, you know, and, and the thing that I'm been thinking a lot about how I want to say this, and it's, it's simply this, whether you think it's about mental health, if you think it's about firearms, whatever you think it is about, I just want us as a country to do something, anything. I'm just so sick of us talking about it and then not doing anything. And, you know, I, I know that there are a lot of people that have some very passionate opinions on, on all sides of the table here, but it just, it would be amazing if somehow we could come together on this and just make some change to try to prevent this from, from continually happening in this country. It's surreal, I think, on some levels, because it's one of those things that I think if you got everybody in a room together and said, hey, all those in favor of seeing less children in grade schools die going forward. Everybody, without a doubt, would look at one another, regardless of their political affiliation or their thoughts on the Second Amendment or whatever, and say, yeah, that that's something that we would prefer to see happening going forward. And so I do think as, as, as you zoom out, it, it, it does almost seem a little bit helpless as you sit here and you think about what's happened to see their be a, a lack of change in any way, shape, or form. I mean, bottom line, we all want to see these mass shootings stop. And whatever the means or methods that need to happen for it to stop sooner rather than later, I'm behind that, <laughs> whatever that is. Because, I mean, I, and I think, Ryan, you, you know, we've, we've talked over the years about the difference that having children does to you in your life, whether you're watching a movie and a ch child is in harm, how <laughs> that all of a sudden that flips a switch and you're like, oh, don't think about my kids. Don't think about my kids. And so I, I've seen it with you personally that this one even has affected you differently than the ones have in the past. Not to say that you didn't care or were callous, but right away you think about that little beautiful girl of yours at home. And so many of us think about that, I think, and and, and it's almost unimaginable to step into the shoes of those parents and understand the loss that they have faced. And I hope, I hope we don't have any parents have to face that loss ever again. I hope. A mass shooting, first of all, is just one of the worst things imaginable in this country. We've seen it with, we've seen it with movie theaters. We've seen it in just like different areas um, potentially different events, what have you. I mean, you think about Vegas, you think about the, um, I believe it was the Aurora shooting 10 years ago, but I feel like it just, it, it's just an insane thing to be like, I, somebody makes a conscious decision to go to a school where children are children who don't do anything, especially elementary kids. I mean, we saw it with Sandy hook and now we've seen it with Uvalde and I just, it's really hard to like wrap your head around how somebody can honestly do that. Not that like I'm excusing any other like things that have happened in the past, but it's like, that's a whole new level. And, and it's just insane to me that we keep having these conversations. And I, I just said like, when is enough ever going to be enough? And I mean, these conversations happen all the time after a, something like this happens where you do want to see change and people are like adamant about seeing change because you don't, as Jack said, you don't want anyone to feel that sort of loss and you, but at the same time, you feel helpless because you're just sitting on the sidelines being like, I don't know what to do. And I, I thought during Sandy hook, maybe that was going to be the turning point. It wasn't, 
maybe just maybe with, you know, the leadership we have right now, like that could, this something could happen. But I, I mean, like all I'll say is, and again, we're not to get like too political or anything, but, you know, to the people who said like, you know, we just need to like have time to mourn and to like, think about the people impacted. You know what? I, I thought about that. I was like that years ago when I was in college and high school, I was like, now it's not the time to be talking about change. When is the time to talk about change? When this is actually top of mind, I'm past that. And I think we as a society should be past that. I think Steve Kerr said it best, like 90% of Americans, I feel like feel very strongly about a certain way about how things should be changed, but that 10% just won't let it happen. And I mean, it just, just stop. Like this is, it's, it's so sad and exhausting. And I mean, I just, I don't want it to happen to my future children. God forbid it ever happened to somebody, you know, we know or love and everything like that. But um, it's just hard. It, it really is. It's been a tough week. And I know it's been a tough week for, you know, Ryan, Jack, Patrick, everybody with kids specifically. I know like I'm not at there at that level, but I know it hits differently. Ozzy, I, I know you're, you're probably not too comfortable talking about this because you are an Australian, but you've been to the United States before and you are a father of two um, awesome boys. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know, kind of kind of curious to get your take on this just a little bit. Yeah, for sure. And, and look, your country's hurting. And, you know, when we see your country hurt, we hurt too. And for me... Uh, you know, I, I take my children to school every day and the concern is not even in the, in the back of my mind. And I just can't imagine what it's like for all the parents in, in America that drop their children off at school, which should be the safest place in the world where they can get an education, set themselves up for their future. And they're worried about someone kicking in the door and, and doing something absolutely horrendous. I, I, I can't comprehend it. I guess the only thing, you know, I can sort of, point to is is what our country did in 1996 when we had I, I think it was even the the biggest mass shooting in the world at that time in Port Arthur in Tasmania um, our prime minister he he copped a bit when he was um, in 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 that position of power uh, for some of the things that he did and didn't do but absolutely his legacy will be uh, the removal of um, semi-automatic weapons in this country and you know you, you look at the, the statistics there's been zero mass shootings since since that that change. So, yeah, I, look, I, I don't know what it's going to take for um, for change to happen. One death in a school is too many, let alone what twenty five years now of this. Yeah, um, I, I I just hope something happens and and happens soon. Well, well said, Oz. Thank thank you, uh, folks. We're just going to take a, just a second here to kind of collect our thoughts before we start talking bears. Just give us just a couple couple seconds here. All right. So, so Jack, you weren't with us last week. You were under the weather. Um, and Brendan kind of brought this up uh, with our guest last week, which I know you got a chance to listen. Joe Lewis was so freaking cool. I want that guy back as soon as is humanly possible. He was just really, really good dude and just, you know, living the dream. But the, the conversation has been a lot about Justin Fields footwork and his release and how it's been different. Now, I can read about it and I think I understand what they're saying, but I've never coached quarterbacks. You have. Can you maybe talk us a little bit about what we're seeing and how things have been so different for Justin Fields? Absolutely. And I love this stuff. Thanks for asking. So 
My my understanding, because I've never played at this level, is that as you move up through the ranks, the game's getting faster and faster. And that just makes some common sense, right? Because now all of a sudden, you know, from high school to college, you've got the best high school player on your college team. And then from college to the NFL, you've got all the most elite college players in the NFL. So I think what happens is the game is so much faster that specifically in the passing game, your windows are going to be much more brief. And so the time in which it takes to to release the, the football from the quarterback becomes that much more important. Here's the question. So how do you tighten up someone's release? How do you make it so that their delivery is faster without losing the zip on the ball? Because we know that Justin Fields has a strong arm. You don't want to lose that strength, but at the same time, you want to make it more efficient on the release so that he can fit those balls into those tight windows when those opportunities occur. And what I think is everybody can relate to is, is kind of funny because it is up, upper body mechanics and arm mechanics, but it's really hips and legs. We've all seen Dak. We've all <laughs> yes. seen Dak. And, and whether it's golf or it's baseball or it's basketball, those things all translate the same way in that the power that he needs for his arm to be able to stay with the same velocity is going to come in his hips and it's going to come in his legs. And so what I've seen from the clips is that they are trying to, and it's it's like anything else, right? It's muscle memory. So he needs to rep it and practice as much as possible. It's one thing to rep it over on the side on some bags or in seven on seven when everybody's just wearing pajamas and no pads. And it's another thing to do it like when the firing, like when it's coming, you know, when the when they're full live in an 11 on 11 and he's got a rush. And so it's going to take some time. And it's going to be a process. But I think ultimately what we're going to see is that he's going to have a quicker release. And a lot of that's going to come from the ground up. I'm not going to go too deep into this because it's, you know, we've always argued about 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 Cutler. But one of the things that I really disliked about Cutler was that when he was in the pocket, he would oftentimes have the ball down by his hip. And there was two problems with that. One, he would get it stripped rather frequently because it was down by his hip. And two, what I was just talking about in terms of the window of time that you need to throw, Jay had a friggin' rocket arm. There's no doubting that. But those mechanics, specifically having the ball way down by his hip, they're just bad quarterback mechanics. You go back and watch those clips of, of Justin, and you'll notice he's got that ball up high, and he's got it up by his chin. And that is a fairly standard quarterback fundamental because all of that is decreasing wasted motion. And decreasing wasted motion means more completions in tighter windows. So I, it looks good. I think it looks pretty cool. So when we think about Brett Favre and people would talk about like, don't watch Brett Favre for his mechanics. Don't watch Brett Favre. Like yeah. it was just, it, it, he was kind of the same thing, right? He would keep it low to his hip. Cause that's that kind of like gunslinger right. kind of style of quarterback. Is that correct? I think so. And I, and obviously it's not one size fits all for every single quarterback, but I think when you have a young quarterback, right. Who's not as experienced as Brett Favre is, who's not accustomed to the timing of the routes and to the receivers that he has and the rush that he's getting and not as accustomed to his offensive linemen and and how much time he has in the pocket. It's better to start where JF where, where Justin Fields is starting. I would imagine that probably if we go back and look at some of Favre's earlier tapes, he is more mechanically sound. And as he played more and more, he kind of developed that recluse style that he used that we grew accustomed to that worked for him. Um, but I think to start Justin at 
where this new staff is starting him is super smart. He can still make plays. He might still drop down at a different arm angle occasionally. He might still roll you know, opposite way and throw across his body. I hope he'll still do those types of things. But if, but if they have any hopes of him being a legit you know, pocket passer, then the things that he's been drilling that we've been seeing on Twitter, eating up every little nugget that we can get, like that, that's what he's working on. And it looks pretty darn good. It looks good. Yeah, so I, I said this on earlier on uh, Twitter this week that we're already seeing the changes in Justin Fields' as, like mechanics. I know it's OTAs, but like it's pretty, it's a pretty stark difference from his rookie year to now, and I think that's just so encouraging because it shows how coachable he is. And I don't want to compare, but look, it's the last you know young quarterback the Bears have had. But when you talk about what Mitchell Trubisky was doing and who he was working with, we heard stories about all of the quarterback gurus that Trubisky was working with throughout the off seasons. Like, Oh yeah, this guy, he worked with so-and-so and so-and-so he's really improving his play. But when we got to training camp OTAs, it all looked the same. It just didn't seem like anything actually was sticking. Maybe it was so just small and marginal that we just didn't notice it to the naked eye, I guess, if we had to like, you know, really take, put it under a microscope, but with fields, we are already seeing as Jack just described, like the shortened release and just where he's holding the ball. I mean, that gives me a lot of confidence. Now, hopefully that he can actually keep that and translate it into a game because old habits do die hard. And when you're under duress, you can definitely revert back to some bad mechanics. Um, See Jay Cutler for uh, most of his plays, unfortunately, but it's, it's something that I'm really encouraged about. And, I'll, I'll also ask you another question, Jack, that I'm sure you're not prepared for. But when you're talking about quarterbacks that have changed their mechanics, maybe going from one style to another, one thing I noticed early on in his career, Aaron Rodgers played with the ball really high and had a really short release like when he was starting out. But as he grew into his career, he kind of became that like Brett Favre-esque where the ball was lower. He was playing a little more, I guess, relaxed or something. So I mean, could we potentially see that with Justin Fields as he maybe gets more acclimated to go back to that style, maybe? I think very possibly, you know, and over time. I was also thinking about the clip of Trey Lance that was floating around on Twitter, you know, and just he had just this massive wind up and it looked like he was throwing a sh- like a, a shot put or something, you know. So, so I think over time you could see that. I mean, and it's a great question. Tom Brady still met with a quarterback guru. I think he still does after he's done practice. He goes over on a sideline session and still works on his mechanics with, 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 you know, an expert. I know that Peyton Manning used to do that as well. Right. So I I think that's something like a golf shot, right? Like, like a pitcher where those mechanics are constantly going to be analyzed and you might fall into some bad habits here and there. And so it's got to be, it's got to be changed a little bit. It's got to be honed a little bit. But then also, I think, I don't know, you, I mean, you, you've all been athletes. I think some of the most fun as an athlete is to go out and try some stuff yourself and see how it works. And if it feels comfortable and it works, then you repeat it. So I, my hope is that, right, we don't want to make him into a robot. We still want him to be a natural athlete because he's very athletic. So, you know, hopefully he can take a little bit of both, draw that into one and become the quarterback that we hope that he can be. And Jack, just a quick question for me. I mean, we're seeing a lot more development of fields than what we saw last year. How do you rate Andrew Janoko and what he's already identified with fields? 
I like it. I mean, I really was interested and a little bit shocked to hear Joe kind of allude to the idea that the quarterbacks were almost left to themselves under the former regime. If I heard him right, he was he was making a comp to the kickers. I mean, truly, the kickers on all levels, they just go over by themselves and they do their things and they like really aren't like talked to very much. But that's unfathomable to think that anything even close to that was happening when it came to the quarterbacks. I mean, even if there is a a, a direct conversation and day-to-day drilling, then we're looking at an improvement from the new quarterback coach and, and the new offensive coordinator. I, it doesn't make any sense to me in any world if what Joe described is accurate. And none of those guys were like hands-on with Justin Fields on a daily basis. I mean, I guess it would explain a lot, I suppose. But that is, I mean, that is truly very difficult to comprehend. What what the new guy is doing is what you do at every level. Like, regardless if it's a, a junior high, high school quarterback you're you're going to go off into a session with just your position players and work on basic fundamentals and that's what he's doing and that can only help i think well with that folks we uh we actually we're thrilled we have our guest has made his way into uh the conversation alec kabakungan uh alec thank you so much for being on the show thanks for being in the bear down chicago podcast we appreciate it What's up, boys? Thank you guys so much for having me. Can't wait to talk some more bears with y'all. Alec, it's so good to see you. I, it was nice to spend time with you in Houston and get to know know you. And the thing that just hit me right out of the gate was how much you love sports and how much you love to talk about sports and how much you know about sports. So I'm super excited to get your your opinions on on a lot of different things. We've got some great questions for you. Would you mind, though, first giving us a brief background about how you got connected with Shriners and how that developed over time? For sure. So I um, am born with osteogenesis imperfecta. It's also known as brittle bone disease. I've broken over 60, 70 bones in my lifetime. We kind of lost track. Um, but... Um, ever since I was two months old, I've been going to Shriners Hospital Chicago, and they've been um, treating me for uh, my bones, uh, whether it was surgeries, therapies, um, consultations, x-rays, everything that um, every medical need that I've had, I've gone to Shriners Chicago, and they've helped me live a happy life. Um, my disability um, is extremely rare and not a lot of medical professionals or hospitals have ever seen any, uh, case, um, of OI. And the fact that China, Chicago, um, are leaders in care and they are able to help me so tremendously, um, made me want to help them as much as I can growing up. So in 20, I don't know, 20, like 14, um, the administrators approached my family and I, and they asked if we would like to be on a commercial and if we would like to tell our story about Shriners Children's. And of course we said yes. So um, anything to help the hospital and to help them help more kids, um, so we filmed the first commercial 
and it was with my family and it had my parents crying and it was really funny it was it was quite sad honestly it was like more of the sadder things in my life but it was funny for me because i saw my parents cry <laughs> we then filmed another commercial which was more upbeat and more positive and that did tremendously well for the hospital it raised awareness it, it raised uh funds for the organization and we just kept doing them ever since and so now um it's 2022 we just filmed another commercial another commercial just came out and um, we're still raising funds for the hospital. We're still uh, helping them help more kids. And uh, I feel like this lifelong partnership with Shiner's Children's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Let's go. That is awesome. That is really cool. Alec, can I just say, I mean, we hear the term Chicago tough all the time. Dude, you are Chicago tough, man. Let's go. Like, I mean, just ha- knowing that you've, I mean, just growing up, breaking 60 bones, but also living just this, um, you know, the life you have and, you know, just being just an incredible role model and doing so much with shiners. I mean, that's impressive, man. So, I mean, kudos to you. And I mean, that's, I just can't say enough about it. You are the definition of Chicago tough, my friend. Well, see, I appreciate you saying that Brendan, because I also played wheelchair basketball for eight years growing up. Hell and- yeah. The best thing about Chicago, and and I think this is something we can all agree with, is the diversity in the city. And I played, uh, I played, uh, I played wheelchair basketball, and the guys who play that sport are guys who have been shot, guys who have cerebral palsy, guys who have spina bifida. So I appreciate you calling me Chicago tough, but it's also because of the support system I've had around me. I know, I've seen what people from the South side have gone through. I've seen what, you know, people from the North side have gone through. I, um, my parents were both outsiders in the city 30 years ago, and then they get to Chicago and they never want to leave. So Chicago raised me and all of Every, I'm a product of the people around me. I'm only successful because of what Chicago has done for me. Um, when we were playing wheelchair basketball, we also had the same mindset of every other sports team, like beat beat the South Side Illinois team <laughs> and beat Wisconsin, right? Like that's just my mindset. And so even when it comes to sports, like the Packers, the Brewers, St. Louis Cardinals, can't stand them. I don't like them. I don't know why they're even an organization. They're the best minor league teams in the Midwest. (laughs) There you go. Let's go. But, yeah, I stopped playing wheelchair basketball, but that mindset still is, you know, it's in the back of my head. I I do have to say, though, to your credit, you know, I've said this about you and Connor, though, because you've got this unwavering, positivity it's almost as if if either of you were born any different than anybody else you didn't get the memo because you you have such an amazing positivity and like forward thinking attitude about what you do it's it, i mean it truly is an incredible thing alec it's awesome yeah i appreciate it jack but um we all have our bad days you know i i um i'm a very happy and positive person but I just want everyone to know that like it's okay to be sad and it's okay to you know have your bad days as well and I for sure have had to have bad days where I was in the hospital where I was by myself where I was in pain and 
uh, it's just important to not give up. You know, like uh, if the Bears just kept on going with Jay Cutler, then we all would be, you know, in a bad place. But uh, <laughs> right, we would. <laughs> we just, you know, you just can't keep giving up. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, Jack. That's cool. Okay, so I want you to think back. Let's change the subject here. What team or player or moment when you were growing up cemented a love of sports in your life? Um, it was Derek Rose it was, um, during the 2009 season. I remember I was super young. I was when I was kind of really getting into sports, and I just saw the way he could just jump out of his shoes and do these superhuman um for like things you know i i was i've been in a wheelchair my entire life and i've been mesmerized by superhuman athletes like derrick rose devin hester brian erlacher um but i it was like when derrick rose was you know just jumping out the gym i was like oh my gosh that's amazing i wish i could do that but you know i can't and that's okay but if someone else can still do it and i can't i think that's still sick um when you know Devin Hester is running every every which way on the football field, and no one can touch him, you know that's it's electric. It's awesome. That's the things you love to see. All right, so Alec Jack was telling us that you've you've had an opportunity through Shriners to meet some some pretty big people in sports. Is there one that kind of like maybe stands out to you, or maybe like a specific meeting that maybe stands out to you a little bit? Yeah, I um, I want my dreams to become a sports broadcaster, and so I'm currently attending uh, Northwestern University, um, and you know pursuing my dreams. Um, but when I was young, and the NFL draft was in Chicago, I had the honor of meeting Roger Goodell, and uh, we became really good friends. Uh, he invited me to the 2018 wild card, uh, the 2018 playoff game in Chicago. Uh, the double doink game. I'm sorry, boys. I'm sorry. Why would Roger Goodell do such a thing? Thanks, thanks <laughs> Alec. Thanks, thanks. I mean, <laughs> kind of forgot about that one for a while. Until you brought it I'm up. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know, I hate bringing it up, but yeah, I was, I was there. Um, but no, I mean, Roger Goodell. He's become a really good friend. Uh, he calls me during class. Um, there are times when I have to tell my professors, like, "Hey, I, I got to step out." Roger's calling, um, and they're like, like so confused but like you know i'm not gonna just turn down roger goodell i mean come on boys but he's just become an an amazing friend and uh uh, that's like a relationship that i'm i'll cherish for the rest of my life because i've interviewed guys like ezekiel elliott jared goff um, melvin gordon deshaun watson mitch trubisky um and those are all you know really cool but to have a celebrity a sports figure like roger goodell really see my talent and really understand that like I'm more than just a kid in a wheelchair. It, it means a whole lot to me. Oh my gosh. I just love the, I'm sorry. I was dying when you were telling your professors like, Hey, I got to go. Roger's calling me like, you know, we're on a first name basis right now. Like, you know, it's kind of important, but, and you know what I would also, I don't want to assume anything, but you're probably the one guy who doesn't boo Roger Goodell during the draft now. Cause you're like, Hey, that's my buddy. <laughs> That's my guy. I ride with yeah. Roger. No, I, I, I can't, you know, I can never, I would never be able to do his job. And he's got one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Um, and, but he's a great guy, you know, he's uh, always helped me, he's always been supportive. 
Um, he's he's got a firm handshake, uh, and he's he's just a good friend. So yeah, you're right. I'm not booing him. That's awesome. And one other person you mentioned that you met before uh, was Mitchell Trubisky, and I think everybody here knows just that. Mitchell Trubisky really is just a wonderful person. It's a shame how kind of things, how it ended here in Chicago. So I kind of want to ask you, Alec, after having that personal connection with him, like what were your thoughts in 2020 after he was like, you know, kind of on his way out? Like, you know, how, how was that for you? So I was in Philadelphia when he was drafted. Um, I interviewed him the morning of the draft. And I remember, yeah, the Bears had signed Mike Glennon and no one was really thinking that they'd go quarterback out, you know, until they made the pick. Um, I was shocked just like everyone else. Uh, I was, uh, I remember he was, he was so kind. Um, he, I do remember. So we, we saw, I saw him at the Shriners hospitals in Philadelphia. And I remember that his parents also, recognized me from the commercials at that time his parents were fantastic uh his parents were extremely kind uh, I saw Mitch various times when he was in Chicago and he always actually remembered my name and he he remembered that interaction that we had in, in Philadelphia and he was always a nice guy um and I honestly let's set the record straight I still blame Matt Nagy for what he did to Mitch Trubisky um <laughs> Alec, I think, Alec, I think we just became best friends. Sorry, keep going, keep going. <laughs> um, but he was he was a tremendous dude. You know, he he always gave me a minute of his time whenever he uh whenever we crossed paths in Chicago. And I wish him nothing but the best in, uh, in Pittsburgh, but unfortunately it looks like he just got Mike Lennon. Yeah, possibly. That's a <laughs> it's crazy how just things, you know, work out like that. So switching from like the old regime, talking about Mitchell Trubisky and Matt Nagy to the new regime, you know, of course, the Bears now have Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, and we're starting to get a feel for how they're running things. But in your opinion, how do you feel about those new hires? Like, have you you know seen anything yet? Like, what are your overall thoughts? You know, it'll be interesting just like everyone else because uh, of Justin Fields, I wanted the Bears to go offensive scheme, offensive style head coach. I don't really like the idea of having a merry-go-round carnival seat offensive coordinator. Um, and I'm I'm curious to see what Eberflus can do for Justin Fields. It, it's, it's puzzling to go defensive when, honestly, um, Justin Fields is going to be or should be the cornerstone for the this franchise for the next 10 years. Um, I, I think, you know, we won't, the bears won't make the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, it, this isn't a season we should be looking forward to, but uh, it, it, it'll be a good season to just see what this regime will look like. And, you know, they're building a, a, a nice offensive line right now. They still don't really have the receivers to keep up with uh, the premier teams in the NFC. Uh, it, they should be run heavy with David Montgomery on a expired contract. And it'll be interesting to see what these uh, new rookies do as well. I really like the idea of uh, just uh, building a secondary that can last for a long time. Um, I was shocked, honestly. I, I thought they'd go offensive line. Or I thought they'd, uh, you know, go what receiver. But when they went secondary, I was like, wow, that's 
you know, surprising and it's kind of smart. I really like uh, uh, Poles. Um, I think that he's done some nice things. I, I appreciate that he's not spending um, a ton of money on washed up veterans um, like the Jaguars. Um, my bad. <laughs> but uh, just speaking you know, truth, I'm excited. Alec. It should, it should yeah. be good. You know, they should be all right. And you touched on me before, Alec. Uh, your thoughts on Justin Fields? Obviously, everyone's got an opinion on him at the moment. What, what do you think? Um, I think he's electric. I, I I think he's awesome. I think he could be uh, the next best quarterback in the NFC North. Um, I I really I trust him as a Bears fan. Um, when you know you have a quarterback, uh, when you have a head coach in Matt Nagy who calls five yard curl routes every other play, um, you know it's a little difficult to succeed. But um, I'm hopefully this Luke Getzey can do well. You know it'll suck if it, it sucks because if Justin Fields has an All Pro season, Luke Getzey's gone, um, and we're gonna have to go through this many go round and, and getting a new play caller for a young quarterback isn't the best thing to really do. Um, so I want him to do well, but I don't want him to do too well when Luke gets, he leaves. Alec, let's go back to, to you a little bit. And you mentioned Northwestern. So I'll say a few names here. Mike Greenberg, Adam Schefter, Michael Wilbon, J.A. Adande, Brett Musburger. I mean, Northwestern's Medill School of Broadcasting has a knack for pumping out excellent broadcasters. Tell us a little bit about where you're at. How's your experience been there so far? Um, it's been awesome. It's been fun. Uh, I knew coming in that it was going to be uh, difficult, right? Northwestern University is a premier uh, school. Uh, it's with premier professors, and it's going to be high-paced, and it's going to be challenging yeah, for any student, but especially for being in a, a wheelchair. Um, not many people go, not many people in wheelchairs go to these uh, difficult universities because um, they would rather go to universities that are more accessible. And, and I, I took a leap of faith with my family and I, I bet on myself. Uh, and it's, I have this dream of being on TV and I have this dream of being great. And I have this dream of pushing the boundaries and pushing expectations for people in wheelchairs and for people with disabilities. So I knew I needed to do something um, difficult in order to um, succeed in my career. And all, all my time at Northwestern has been fun. Uh, it's been challenging. It's been hard, but it's, I've learned a, a ton. I've made some great friends. Uh, it's awesome because I'll be in my journalism class and I can just see the future of all my peers and I can see the next Stephen A. Smith. I can see the next, you know, amazing sports talent. And it's really exciting because I know that uh, I could be one of those people too. You know, if I just work hard and if I continue to do well, um, you know, you guys could very well see me on TV, but I just got to keep on working. Got to keep on grinding. Um, Northwestern's been fun. Uh, of course, I've had my challenges with the accessibility there, but they've also been um, really good listeners in helping me make uh, the campus a lot more wheelchair friendly. So it's been fun, but uh, we got some work to do. 
That's great to hear, man. We get to see you on TV more than we already do. I'm in. (laughs) I'm in, bro. So, Alec, you mentioned a few names, actually. I'm curious. And I've, I mean, this might like be, this probably will surprise no one, but I have some very strong broadcaster opinions who I like, who I dislike, who I think is like underrated, overrated. Who do you, I guess I'll ask you two questions. Who's your favorite broadcaster right now? And maybe if it's different, who do you kind of want to be? Like, who do you kind of like look up to as a, you know, yes, that's, that's how I want to call games or that's, you know, how I see myself, you know, in the, in the media. Yeah. So I'm in this just difficult spot, right? When you're in journalism school, you have the ability to try out play by play color commentary, um, you know, uh, being an in-studio host, being an insider. There are a lot of um, different roles that Northwestern can really help you strive in. Um, and so right now I'm kind of trying out all those things. Um, guys like uh, Neil Everett and Stan Barrett on SportsCenter, you can't beat those guys. You know, those are the guys you kind of dream of being. Um, you have guys like Stuart Scott, who's um, who are legends. Uh, you have guys like Ernie Johnson who are in-studio hosts who um, just make watching these sports segments way more entertaining. Um, and then you have play-by-play guys like Mike Breen, Jason Benetti, um, unpopular opinion, Joe Buck. <laughs> but uh, you have those kind of guys and it'd be, it'd be awesome to do play-by-play, but I think I'm more of an in-studio guy uh, and I'm I'm trying to shape my career in a similar way to uh, Ernie Johnson. Um, what he has done on NBA on TNT and in the NBA is is fantastic. Uh, and I'd love to do something in uh, you know uh, with the NFL with that kind of type of show. Um, but it, we'll see. I mean, if the NFL is for me, then it's for me. But I know that I'm you know just starting out my career, so I might have to start with like. I don't know, uh, tennis or something, not as fun as the NFL, but, uh, you, I just, I'm working my way up. So, uh, my dream is to be the next Ernie Johnson, but you, those are big shoes to fill as we all know. I will pay so much money. Like we need to get Turner on the phone and have you sit in for Ernie one day and just have you with Shaq, Kenny and Charles. And just like, I want to see that experience so bad, man. That'd be amazing. I was on the show uh, doing a halftime segment um, with them, and it was a lot of fun. But uh, it was with the it was with the other four. Uh, you should go check it out. It's uh, it's it's funny. <laughs> I will. I'm seriously. I'm going to do that after this. That's awesome, man. All right, so Alec, we uh, we we've we've got a lot of food debates here on the show, and so. You know, the, the one that is kind of permeated through, we were on an old podcast. We started up a new podcast. Uh, when we talk about Oreos, I know you're a fan, so you've got to settle a debate. Do you go chocolate? You go the classic or do you go the golden Oreo or do you got another flavor of Oreo that is your favorite? The classic ones, guys. Come on. What are we doing? This isn't even a debate. Why would, right. you stay, why would you stray away from the golden, uh, from the, the rich goodness, guys? You, <laughs> you can't beat that. My man. Well, right. both yeah, are good. Are. <laughs> yeah, Brendan, you're always straddling that line, man. I <laughs> like both Oreos, man. I mean. <laughs> but which one do you like more? That's the important question. I don't know. It depends on the day. 
Oh, see, see, Alec, this is what we got to deal with. Weird. I don't think I've ever. I don't think I've tried any of those other flavors. Whoa, but, whoa. Like, well, you can't talk smack then, Alec, if you haven't had I, the other one. What are you talking about, big <laughs> homie? Absolutely. You buy what you know what is good. You don't try new things. What is this? Come on. Come Every on, day right? of the week, chocolate is delicious. Double? Are you a double stuff guy? Are you a thin guy? Or just original? Yeah, that's classic? probably the most I've extended in my Oreo career. Double stuff, mini Oreos, things like that's that's probably it, but um, you know, normal. What whatever Mama just bought. Uh, no arguments here. Um, so yeah, I mean, big Oreo guy though. Okay, so Alec, if I drive down to Evanston with a bag of golden Oreos, you're telling me you're not even gonna try it? No, if it's free, it's for me, Ryan. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> you know the deal. But I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go buy some yellow oreo gold oreo when when i know the classic is you know sitting right by i'm not i'm not that type of guy i'm not trying something new guys can i say something i was talking with my buddy who's a big listener and we were having the debate golden oreos chocolate oreos he says you know what lemon oreos are really good i was like wait the actual lemon oreos i'm like dude he's like no they're really good and i'm like that's that's it i think we can all agree that Lemon Oreos should not be a thing. Your friend is wrong. That can bring us together. <laughs> it brings us together. Just wash our hands of that. So. <laughs> well, Alec, I know I speak for all of us when I say thank you so much for coming on the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Truly, this was, was an awesome, awesome conversation. We loved having you on. Obviously, we would love to have you back. For some crazy reason, if people aren't following you, if 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 they they're not following you on Twitter, um, other ways that they can get a hold of you, run us through all of that. So just to make sure. Yeah. So um, I'm not a big socials guy, but I have to become a little bit more of a socials guy now. Um, on all platforms, you can follow me at Alec Kevakungin. Um, I'm smooth like that. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys for having me on in Justin Fields, we trust, and I cannot wait to go to the 2025 Super Bowl with you guys and can't wait to lift up the Lombardi on a shot. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. I love it. All right, Alec. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alec. Thanks, Alec. Alec. Kabakungan, which that took me a while. So folks, I'm going to spell it out just in case you are not on Twitter. C-A-B-A-C-U-N-G-A-N. That dude was freaking awesome, Jack. That was a great get for a guest. I could sit and talk to that kid for a very long time. That's just it. I think, you know, we've talked about this before when you meet somebody in person that you've seen on TV as a personality. And when that person is authentic and kind, well spoken, like Alec is, it's such a pleasure to be able to spend time with someone like that. And you're right. He, you could talk to him about just about anything for a long, long time because the kid, I mean, he's 19 years old, but he's like well-traveled, well, like a great experience, super smart, sharp, lots of personality. I'm so glad that he was able to come on. He's a good kid. Yeah, I really just wish I could hear his conversations with Roger Goodell. I mean, that was, I was going to ask him if he didn't say Roger Goodell, who is like most uh, favorite interaction was, but just to hear that, like he talks with them like somewhat frequently. I, I think that's the coolest thing. 
And I, again, I would just love to hear what those conversations are. And uh, he's, you know what? Roger's got a fan in Alex. So that's, that's awesome. I, I just were think so that's excited to ask that question. And then he went right there. <laughs> I know, but I loved it. So that's, I, I'm glad he did because I mean, Roger, you think about all the guys, like for the people that uh, celebrities and everything, Roger Goodell just seems like one of the more exclusive figures that it's really hard to like talk to one-on-one and he's calling them in class. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I have to leave my Northwestern professor to talk to Roger Goodell. Like, dude, let's go, Alec. Good for That's you, awesome. man. All right. So folks, we've got Ozzy with us and Ozzy is going to kind of fill in every once in a while. Uh, I don't think it's going to be very often that both Patrick Sheldon and Logan Bradley are out on the same podcast, but it worked out perfectly. So Ozzy, thank you for stepping up. Can you just just really quickly talk to us about how did a dude in Melbourne, Australia become a Bears fan and what is it like being a Melbourne Bears fan? Like how, how does that work for you watching games and all that stuff? So I came uh, into, uh, I guess, American football looking for a bit of a void uh, to fill with um, with AFL, which I'm a big fan of. And, and I actually sort of came in around 2013 during the Mark Tressman era now when I say that, um, I've got the Homer Simpson gif in my head of just sort of sliding back into the, the bushes. <laughs> uh, so it wasn't a good time, actually, to, to become a Bears fan. But uh, no, look, I, I, I've got no regrets. I I sort of got into it. Um, uh, well, I guess being a Chicago Bears fan uh, sort of came about because I grew up during the Bulls era and Jordan and Pippen and Luke Longley, uh, Australian um, centre, and that that was kind of the choice. I, you know, I, I sort of went with Chicago because of because of that, and and also because of the my sort of fandom for John Hughes movies. Watching a Bears game like that, just like the schedule, that's just got to be a nightmare for you, right? It, it is. So before uh, daylight savings kicks in for us, uh, I think it's about a three a.m. start most games, and then it sort of slides to four, then five a.m. the The best games for us are usually the uh, the, the Friday morning or Monday morning, which is the night game, the, the primetime games. But obviously that's a bit hard when you've got to work. So it's kind of um, either shutting off social media and, and watching it when you get home or um, getting up really early to watch it. But um, yeah, it, it's hard, but it's um, it's good fun. Ozzy, is there a group of you? I mean, are, do people look at you sideways? Like, when you're, hey, Chicago Bears, and they're like, wait, where do you where do you live, man? Or are there like a group of you that are Bears fans that are like you get together or you connect? How does that how does that go? Uh, don't really have anyone that we that I connect with, Jack. But there there is, I guess, a growing um, fandom around me with my my sons who are getting right into it. Cool. Every, every day they are singing um, Bear Down Chicago Bears around the house, That's which is awesome. awesome. Uh, literally not a day goes by that that doesn't happen. Um, but just some of my friends as well, you know, I've sort of influenced them to, to follow the game. And I guess by extension, they've sort of adopted the Bears as well. Um, but yeah, look, you'll probably find more Packers fans than you will Bears fans, which much oh, to my chagrin. The Bears have you there then as the ambassador, especially if there's any contingent of Packers fans. Because like my money's on you and your influence on your children and others to become Bears fans 100%. That's really cool. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to raise our children to be good people. That's right. All right. So, Jack, we're all waiting. And especially now that we got Ozzy in here to mix things up a little bit. What question do you got for us this week? I think that'll be especially good to have uh, an Australian perspective on this. All right, guys. You've got a meal to choose. 
one meal. I suppose you could do you're stranded on an island, but I don't love the question as much like that. Let's just say you're living in everyday society and you got to eat the same thing pretty much from from now on or or it's a super special occasion and you've got to choose a a meal. And you can go sides if you want, you can go beverage if you want as well if you'd like to include the dessert, but I mean th- th- this is it. This is the meal that is your go-to meal that you love. So we'll go with Brendan and then Ozzy and then RD and then me. Jack, what do you think I'm going to say? You're going to say there's going to be a juicy steak involved. Medium, probably. No, you know what? Actually, that is how I take uh, my steak, though. So that's good. No, I actually thought you were going to say like something like McDonald's or something. And I was going to (laughs) say, no, sir. You're going to number four. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) No, I am going. Loves McDonald's. Brendan loves McDonald's. Have we not made that joke? No, we haven't. I don't know why. Brendan, you really love McDonald's. Sorry. Sorry. Hey, you guys. I was I just wanted to, you know, slam the door shut on that. I am. I'm going to get sushi guys. I'm going to get a whole big plate of sushi. And I like, you know, the assorted rolls, the different, you know, sashimi, all of that. Like I, I just love like the variety. So just give me that all day. A little soy sauce there. I don't know for a drink, probably water just so I can save room for more and more sushi. Um, I could eat sushi all the time. Brendan, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I was a Japanese minor in college and actually got to go to Japan for just under like three weeks um, and got to have sushi there. And yeah, it was incredible. But I got a guy. So next time you come out this way, like to my end of the burbs, like I got a guy. He's better. He's better than what we had in Japan. He's just out of this world. And so we got to get you some sushi, my friend. I just got to be like, that's, that's the thing. Cause I can eat a lot of sushi. So I got to make sure that, cause I know like having good sushi is just, I mean, it's the best I'll have like somewhat like not, obviously not bad sushi, but like, you know, not as good of a quality as like the high end places. And I could just eat a lot of it. So I really got to like, you know, have that be a special occasion, but that would be amazing. My friend. That would be awesome. So you're not eating the gas station sushi. You're just like, you're going to pass on that one. No, I did get jewel sushi one time, one time. And that was, I was okay, but I was like, I don't know why people do this. This was also like 10 years ago. I think it's gotten better. Sometimes you gamble and you lose. And and (laughs) if you lose on that one, it's not. Yeah, I didn't lose, but I probably should have lost. Let's just say that. (laughs) How about you, Ozzy? What do you got? There's no other answer that I can give. Than an authentic Lou Malnati's Chicago style pizza. Oh hell yeah! Even even though I've never had one, I I dream of it daily. <laughs> oh man, really? I, I like my pizza thick and just stacked. Yeah, just yeah. Wait. Oh, we are one hundred percent sending you I, Lou's. Okay, no. How do we? <laughs> we okay. I have Lou's. a question. I have a question. Sure. I know Lou's has the, they have so Ozzy they have frozen pizzas and I'm pretty sure they ship it. Do they ship international? Uh, okay. I'm just going to start Googling that right now. <laughs> All right. So, Sorry. So, okay. so Ozzy and I, every once in a while, we'll, we'll send like care packages back and forth. And I sent one, Ozzy, what, two months, three months? Like how, like, like seriously, the first one I sent, it was what, like two and a half weeks. Maybe it was like pretty quick. And then the one, like the package, you know, which one I'm talking about, right, dude? Like it was an adventure. I think uh, Nick Foles had played his first and last game during that time period. 
<laughs> yeah. A moment was, for Nick Foles, by the way. Rip Nick Foles gone. No, he's not. He's just in Indiana, the armpit of well, of America. <laughs> Same difference. Well, you know, but like, good for him for getting yeah. yet another contract yeah. and replacing Carson Wentz again, <laughs> again. <laughs> so we don't know if we can send. Wow. Well, we'll okay, let's this. better yet. Let's let, let's sort of go fund me to get Ozzy here so you can have the real <laughs> thing. You know, like so. That's true. Yeah. But at the very least, we need to at we need to at Lou Malnati's and see if they can uh, help us out. Yeah. All right. 100%. Yeah, I'm down. Let's let let's get that done. Um, all right. So Brennan took sushi, which would be very, very high on my list. Um, and so for, for me in this one, it's, it's tacos. Uh, I could eat tacos every single day of the week with no issues. Um, there's a couple different spots, like in the burbs, uh, the Chicago burbs that just like, they just do it right. Um, I'm getting a name drop. Cause why not a Tota Madre in downtown Glen Ellen. Um, and then also in the Western burbs, a little spot, a little kind of hole in the wall place called Lostos. Um, they just, it's Yucatan style Mexican tacos. Um, it's, it's just incredible. They're, they're pork. Oh, dude, I get all day long tacos. Give me all those tacos. Sides, drink, dessert. No, because I want just more, more room for tacos. Exactly. Like maybe, Ryan gets it. Maybe some more chata, like just because like I love horchata, but like I would have to be careful because I need more room for tacos. For the tacos. We've had some tacos before. I think we've been to the, what was the first place that you mentioned? A Tota Madre. I think yeah, I did take you there. Good. And if not, we're, we're going, you know what, Jack, let's make plans. Let's do this. Let's yeah, make this the margaritas are, are off the chain. Good. They are so. ridiculously good. So stop talking about tacos. Something else. Uh, I love tacos. Uh, I'm going to go because, uh, you, you know, Ryan loves to make fun of me and my my food choices, but I am like I was born Irish Catholic American. And so we're going with a New York strip steak. That strip steak is going to be medium. Uh, we can probably have a side of like garlic butter uh, as well. Steamed broccoli on the side. Who would choose cauliflower? That's just a waste <laughs> of calories and space. So we're going with some broccoli, salt and pepper. Uh, baked potato. Uh, we're gonna. There's there's not enough butter really in the restaurant for me. We're gonna put lots of butter on it. We're gonna put some cheese on it. Some bacon. A fine IPA. A real crisp fine IPA. Probably. I mean, I guess I would probably go anti-hero uh, just because I know it's good and it's a go-to. And then there's gonna be chocolate for dessert. Uh, probably not. You know, chocolate Oreos. But that's the direction I would go. Probably would go with a blizzard. I think I'm going to go with a Reese's blizzard with extra pieces for dessert. Bam. Mic drop. Wait, didn't you say you didn't like Reese's pieces? Uh, I misspoke (gasps) then. I misspoke. Peanut butter cup. Reese's peanut butter cup blizzard. That's what I meant to say. Hmm. I don't know if I believe you, Hmm. Jack. That was (laughs) very... There's no controversy there. It is. I 100% misspoke. Oh, I'm so hungry now. Yeah, that was yeah, a too. very specific order. Like, <laughs> you've thought, thought about, about that for a long time. <laughs> We're like tacos. Jack's like, well, I want to make sure that the, like, sal- that the side salad comes on just a 45 degree angle on my plate. Like, just so it is perfect. <laughs> oh, food okay. is so right. good, though. Food's so good. Uh, the first time Jack had sushi, we recorded it. He had it in San Francisco and it was like good sushi. Not like, oh my God, sushi. But like, you know, you're sitting down you're like, this is good sushi. And Jack's like, yeah, it's okay. I was like, what? 
We should throw that up on the Twitter machine. And I will say I've had seafood on both coasts and it is it is distinctly better, but I can't get past, you know, you talked about gas station seafood or jewel seafood. Where's that coming from, boys? Like, where is that being shipped from and how long has it taken? I can't get that out of my head. That something funky is happening during the process of getting that fish from whatever ocean it came from to the jewel in Algonquin or wherever it is that you're buying it. Ooh. I mean, you know, if you spend you spend a little time on the toilet, you spend a little time on the toilet. <laughs> you know, it's fine. It's worth it, huh? Yeah, just you know what? Like you just got to live, you know, you got to live your life and hopefully just things <laughs> work out. Dice. <laughs> okay, so just side question, what's the meal that you know you're going to pay for it later, but you're still going you're still going all in? Oh, that's a good oh, question. Boy. A few of them. <laughs> <laughs> you Is there know McDonald's I, involved? Is there McDonald's? No, there involved? isn't. There isn't. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think. You know what? I'll, I'll just say I'm pretty sure like Buffalo Wild Wings is one of them. Mm. I love, but like I don't get Buffalo Wild Wings often, and I pretty much I'm like, okay, I I know if I'm having this, like, just just be prepared. <laughs> I, my wife jokes all the time. If we have B dubs, there's an hour window. I have an hour window until I need to be home. It's just like, no, consumption is finished. Start the clock. Dingo has one hour and then, and then that's it. And the sit down business starts in earnest. Uh, I would go five guys. I mean, that bag of delicious fries with the grease, just like saturating the brown paper bag. I mean, it's it's awful and delicious simultaneously and I definitely will pay for that one what about you ozzy uh anything my brother-in-law cooks horrendous <laughs> oh boy <laughs> i go near it starting family feuds right now <laughs> yeah all right boys this has been a fun episode it is time to get out of here it's time to give shout outs for shout outs this week let's go jack ozzy brendan and i will finish it up shout outs I'm going to give Austin James a shout out. He's at it's Austin James underscore. Anybody that's been following me or Austin knows that we are suffering White Sox fans right now Uh, from the manager and his idiocy to the play on the field. It is hard right now. Difficult to be a Sox fan. So it's nice to commiserate, and I've been commiserating quite a bit uh, with my guy Austin James on the Twitter machine. Shout out to you. My shout out goes to, oh, I actually got two, uh, Mama Bear at My Bears 2. She brightens the Twitter timeline like no one else. Those cookies, you can almost smell them. They're that great. So she's a she's a terrific um, fan and, and, and terrific connect on Twitter and um, a, a really great follow. Uh, so shout out to Mama Bear. Um, and just for, for me, just on a personal level, uh, I had a, a pretty, or my family had a really rough time in December last year. Um, uh, in response to that, uh, I decided to run in a 15-kilometre um, fun run to raise money for the Royal Children's Hospital um, in honour of my niece who we lost um, during that time. And just the, the outpouring of support, the, the generous donations from the other side of the world, completely blew my family's minds they just could not believe how much support we had over there so thank you to everyone I've, there's too too many to name and i'm sure some of you probably want to make that donation anonymous so i won't call you out but um thank you to everyone and and um yeah 
um, we, you know, for my family, uh, we, we appreciate it immensely. All right. My, uh, my shout outs quickly. Uh, first off, uh, Betsy Tar, Betsy page on Twitter, uh, just one of the most positive. I feel like she's just a huge bears cheerleader. She engages with uh, so many people on Twitter. And I just think my favorite interactions with her, uh, are the ones involving my dog because she always calls her Chewbacca because we have a golden doodle and she now I can't get Chewbacca out of my head. Mainly probably it's because, uh, you know, it's been Star Wars Celebration Week and we watched Obi-Wan Kenobi, but that's a whole other conversation. But anyway, uh, I just I, I love Betsy's positivity and I uh, love her interactions. And uh, anytime she posts a Chewbacca gif about my dog makes me laugh. So shout out to you, Betsy. And then uh, to my friends who aren't necessarily on Twitter, but uh, they're big podcast listeners, big bears fans. First off uh, my buddy, Ty I saw him over the weekend and he just um, continues to rave about the podcast. He's a huge fan. He loves just hearing from all of us and he loves the different opinions. So uh, it's just cool to see like, you know, your, your real life, like people, you know, you've grown up with basically your friends, just be huge supporters of it. So shout out to my guy, Ty. And same thing with uh, my buddy, Kyle, again, big bears fan, uh, you know, huge supporter of the podcast. I owe him like a few texts because he's been asking me for bears thoughts and I've just can't, I haven't been able to text him back. So I owe you a text, man. But, um, Anyway, shout out to those guys. I appreciate obviously our friendship, but obviously uh, the support for the podcast we do. My first shout out goes to Mike Oosterwick, Ozzy, uh, to be a diehard Bears fan in Melbourne, Australia. You got to be extra, extra, extra diehard. And I just I know that, uh, you know, I've seen a video of his boys singing along uh, to the fight song. And it just it warms my heart every single time, especially because they're adorable and they're also doing it in an Australian accent. And also Ozzy for, for stepping up, uh, you know, to, to be able to do this from Melbourne, Australia. It's just Ozzy, we, we appreciate you so much. I'm hoping that somehow, some way we can get the things that you write about the bears out there into the world again, cause you're so damn good at it. Um, and I know uh, it's, it's fun to hear a fresh perspective from an Australian bears fan. The other one that I'm going to give out is my good friend, John Piltaver. We just call him pill. Uh, pill is a diehard bears fan. And I, I think I, I'm not hundred percent about this pill. So if I got this wrong, let me know. But I think he started Twitter just because of our podcast, uh, because I just kind of was like, Hey, like you get, I get on and, and see some of the interactions and things that are happening. And just like Brendan this, this weekend, I got a chance to sit down and talk with pill. And one of the first things he said is, man, it's really weird hearing your voice in person now. Cause I listened to you in the car and you're like, thanks man. Like, you know, it's just a, it's just, it's just awesome to have a really good friend that, that also just as Brennan said supports and just got some, some awesome feedback from him and uh pill uh, has his son with him, which his son was born two months premature, but is happy, healthy and doing well. And so pill huge shout out to you uh, and, and your family. So excited. You know, before we uh, before we sign off here, I just want to give one extra shout out to the guys we're missing, Patrick Sheldon and Logan Bradley. Uh, Logan, obviously, you know, he's got some work obligations, uh, but Patrick Sheldon, he's he's a warrior right now, man. He's dealing with a household full of uh, just 
you know, sick individuals. He's basically, you know, a, a man against the world right now. And, uh, you know, he's just, you know, trying to hold the whole, hold the fort down. So uh, just thinking about you guys and we wish we were, you were here, but it's just been such a great opportunity to talk with Ozzy. And, you know, as Ryan said, we just really appreciate all the support and, and we've been going now for, I think, like almost uh, two months, really. It's been crazy, but uh, time's flown by and uh, we've just been, you know, really overwhelmed and humbled by everybody's uh, support as we get into the summer. And we're going to be talking actual football soon as practices begin when training camp happens in a few months. So just wanted to echo what Ryan's saying. We really appreciate it. Folks, thank you so much for listening for Patrick Sheldon, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Brendan Chagrew, and Mike Oosterwick. I'm Ryan Dengel. Thank you so much, folks. And as always, bear down, Chicago.